Howdy, y'all. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. How you guys doing? You good? You guys good? We got a heater today. I've got uh, Maggie Sharbel. Maggie Sharbel's here. Maggie is a co-executive producer for some uh, TV shows that you may be familiar with out there. She makes the uh, true crime stuff, the good stuff, that uh, dark who done it, why done it, and how they done it stuff. And uh, she's been doing it a while, man. She's creeping up on that veteran status, having been, you know, doing those shows for some time now. Th- those shows like uh, Killer Couples and Snapped on Oxygen Network. And I think that she's done some Discovery ID shows as well. She's a sharp one, like I said, man. And she's somebody who I've, of course, been familiar with. uh, But this is the first time that we had met, even though we work in the same industry, in adjacent fields, in the same town. Uh, It was the first time I'd met her. And it was a pleasure, man. It was great to meet her. I'm glad that we did it. And uh, you guys are going to hear that in just a second. Some news on the podcast. We are creeping up on the 100th episode of this podcast, and we've dropped a new episode every Monday since the first week of 2020, and we've grown a lot since then. I obviously can't make this show by myself. It's a ton of work, and a lot of you know that my partner in this thing is Sam Thomas. Sam's been on the podcast a couple times, but he is a a recording industry veteran and a four-time Grammy Award-winning recording engineer that's engineered and produced some of the greatest songs of the early aughts and the 20 teens and even into 2020, 2021. He's still doing that work. Uh, he's the reason that it sounds so good. He's the reason uh, that it's you know well-produced. And you know Sam is also the reason that the video arm of this podcast exists, which you can find on YouTube. Sam and I have partnered on this thing together, and it's just as much his as it is mine. And we both treat it that way. And we've worked very hard together to grow the show and to bring you guys a new episode with an engaging guest every week. And as we continue to grow, uh, we're always looking at ways to elevate the experience that the listener has. And we're in a spot right now where we're ready to make another one of those steps and we're ready to overhaul our uh, audio recording gear. The last time we wanted to elevate the experience, we went video and we acquired all of the gear that it takes to uh, make a video podcast, which we do with almost every episode now, uh, with the exception of a few. Anytime we can, we do a video episode. Uh, but we're ready to make another leap and uh, and and up the, up the experience a little bit more. And so Sam and I had a conversation last night on how we could continue to make this product better for you guys. And it seems like the next logical step for us is to move to some nicer microphones. So... When I started this podcast almost two years ago, I started it on borrowed gear from our production company, Pop Fizz. And we've slowly rotated out that borrowed gear as we were able to procure our own. And uh, the next step is to bring on the uh, Shure SM7B microphones that are really the gold standard of, you know, every top podcast out there. So to make that happen... Uh, We are going to do a Patreon membership push between now and episode 100. So if you're a listener of the show that keeps coming back, you like what we do, and you want to help us continue to elevate the quality of the show, go to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash south of scruffy. And I think between all of you guys, with your help, we will uh, make this next 
leap in the SOS journey and continue to bring this show to you at a high level that you deserve, damn it. Does that sound good? Are you guys ready for Maggie? Maggie Sharble? All right. We're doing the podcast. We're doing the podcast. I'm so glad to meet you. Yeah, it's awesome to meet you too. I know. Thanks for coming and doing this. Thank you for having me. Of course. I hope that you don't regret it. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not going to be the case at all. Um, uh, It's it's funny because uh, I think there's 15,000 production people that live in Knoxville, which is... 10% 10% of the population. <laughs> it seems like, and, and I, I've heard about you before, but I've never met you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm super glad to do it. So, it, so thanks for being here. It's, it's pretty awesome to actually venture out. Cause I feel like I'm like always in my like bubble production and it's yeah. nice to like, you know, cause I, yeah, you know, you know, people outside of the production world on like a, or, or within the production world, but outside of it and on like a personal level, but to like, work with people too within the Jupiter I'm sorry the Knox, Knoxville realm outside of Jupiter is really cool Jupiter is a big part of it no Jupiter is a big part of it and an important a, part of it too yeah yes no it's huge <laughs> every every part of the production world is a big part of it yeah yeah, that's know. true. I, I think so. I think there's a lot of different pieces of it though. I, and I think that what you do the cable television side is kind of almost what what sprung this whole thing? What made the whole marketplace happen? Um, you know, with the Bagwell kind of family tree, right. and then the uh, that turning into the HGTV scripts kind of world, and everything kind of morphing from there, and then the support that comes out of it, which is the business that I work in, right. which is commercial stuff. Right, right. Like it's it's all thanks to you know a very small group of people, but it has created this huge ecosystem that is very symbiotic and very important. But it's also crazy that we've both worked in this town for a decade and have never met. Yeah. (laughs) In the same business, you know. Again, it's just it's this big world in Knoxville, which is also very small because it's Knoxville. Yeah. But it's a big production world. It's just Mm -hmm. it's really great because no one knows that. No one really understands how big this production like hub is in Knoxville people I mean I guess people within the world the production industry know that but outside of that kind of I mean I think people don't know people get it but then you you meet people every day that you know have been in in production for 10 or 20 years in town doing different stuff that you've just never had you know never never crossed paths before and you realize you do the same thing and know the same stuff and know the same people and it's pretty uh Oh, it's it's kind of prolific yeah, it is. in in a way. And <laughs> and it's it's but it's under the radar and quiet. Yeah. Even to itself. It's 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 quiet to us. Yeah. I th- no. think other people think it make think think we're making some noise out there. I think but like I was saying earlier, like I think people know that it's there. We really know that it's there. Yeah. Um, people outside of the world think that it's louder than it is because mm. at the end of the day, we're all just, I think, happy to work in production. Yeah. Everybody's making <laughs> be, a day rate. To, you yeah, know? But still, to be doing some kind of fucking fun. Yeah. Like, production's fun. It is fun. Yeah, it's still a job, but it's fun. It is fun. And it's different <laughs> every day, too. It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I think that's, to me, the best part of, about it is that we get to... 
you know, we, we get to have a new job every single day almost. Right. We get to do something super different. And, you know, whether it's like, I assume you work on a bunch of true crime stuff or have in the past. Have you? I, Bonnie? I deal in murder. Yes. You, you deal in murder? Yeah. Bonnie's <laughs> making some noise over Bonnie's there. Bonnie's being a sweet girl. She, she keeps is. pawing me. Hi, Bubby. Murder's your business? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Murder's my business. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always wanted to make, you know, like documentaries. Really? Always. Or horror films. Mm. And then I fell into this industry of true crime. And it's basically the best of both worlds. Yeah. So like the recreation stuff? Like, I, have you done any of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so I don't I do not do a lot of um, on-set recreation stuff. Mm. My job is mostly like the... Um, like more of the storytelling the, part, like the, the documentary the, style? The, yeah, the production side. So a lot of like the, the, the field work, the interviews with, you know, our... our are real detectives, are real attorneys, yeah. are real victims, family members. So digging this story criminals, out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because I have a journalism background and I love talking to people, I think it's a really amazing way of educating yourself and educating, um, not necessarily others. I, I'm not not to say that I can educate others, but I think just getting people to open their minds. It's certainly opened mine, hmm. like to like listen to people and talk to people who. I might not have a thing in common with, but I think that was like the coolest thing about like going out and interviewing people on the road and, and, and hearing their stories was such a, an amazing way of, of, of getting a new education. I mean, in, in a, a whole like smattering of, of ways and, and uh, legal education and, and the judicial system, um, being learning how to be empathetic like yeah as an adult you know not just like as when you were a kid but like relearning how to be a person and be open-minded um Interesting. but i also think that like putting the right you know stories out there can teach other people how to be that way too and um that's what i love about like you know documentary and granted this is kind of docudrama because we have the recreations and we are kind of you know, making it a little bit more interesting for people who don't necessarily want to hear every human story. They need some kind of grabber scene, you know. They need to see what's yeah. actually going to happen. you got to cut away to something. Yeah, but, like, it is a really cool way of, um, well. Have you dug into these? <laughs> like, have, have you gotten a hold of some story that that you just have gravitated towards and, and it's, I don't know, consumed you almost? That- oh, man. Because you every guys... day of my life, no, really? No, no, no. I mean, like they they stick with you in ways that you don't like see it coming. Because mm. it is it is murder. You are dealing with like the worst part of people's lives, whether they're a victim or whether they're the ones who like perpetrated the crime or are on that side of it. Like it is, it's heavy material, you mm. know. Yeah. And like that's that's the part where I think sometimes it's kind of like sh- kind of shocking to me to see how like popular it is because. People love to watch other people's lives fall apart almost. And like yeah. we Schadenfreude. Is we, that it? Is that the, the German word for it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, taking <laughs> taking joy in other people's misfortune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um which is why like I think that there's like I like I like doing it because like I again, like I've learned <laughs> how to be sympathetic or empathetic. Like you like t- like hear people's stories and realize like I'm not yeah. 
That's a, so that's got to be. It's, t- it's, it's just it's weird because like these are all he- it's heavy stuff. Yes, <laughs> and I wonder like these people that you go and talk to and interview and get these stories out of like what's their motivation for doing it? So it's it's really it's really interesting because it's it's all over the place. I think that there are people who just really need to talk about stuff. Mm. Um, it's almost like a therapy session in some like mm. ways. Not not that not in any way we are therapists, but. Like just to like be able to be heard, yeah, and to put your story out there, it like means a lot to people. It it to be it's it's almost closure, you know. Like, and I've yes, I've heard people say like I needed closure mm. by talking about it. Granted, you look at you know the amount of stories and or series out there that talk about crime, and sometimes these same stories are talked about over and over, and people don't want to talk about it anymore. But at the end of the day, I think. The reason people want to speak about it, especially if they're that intimately close to a case, is because they need to get stuff off their chest. They want their side to be heard. They Mm. want to tell their story from their point of view, from their perspective. Do you get people that have an axe to grind? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Who are they? Are they the detectives that, that, you know? I think it's, I think it's the same thing. It's across the board. Really? Um, I've honestly, I like, I, I've worked with some of like the, best people in law enforcement like some of the like greatest group of people who like investigated a case and who didn't have to do anything but they wanted to do what was right Right. and that is that's the best those Um, those are the those are the folks that are that are that you're happy that are out there doing that work yeah and they're they're um they're not they're not just there for like the metal they're there they're there just to 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 do what's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the extra grind, yeah, that exists too. Does um, it? What about people who just want to be on television? And I was going to say that I feel like that sometimes goes hand in hand with the extra grind. Sometimes really? I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like I've become, especially now, because I think a part of my life, I was more of a like class FMD kind of person. I was like, ah, everyone hates everyone. But no, I think most people like they really do want to do better. They want to do what's right. And then there are those people who I think are looking for a a way to grind their axe and they're looking for the attention. And granted, sometimes those things are different too. Yeah. Sometimes people just want to um, be continue being angry, but some people <laughs> want to be on TV to <laughs> be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> do you get people who do it who who agree to be part of these TV shows because they're remorseful that they didn't do more, or that they're kind of uh, it's cathartic for them? Yeah, at ca- all cathartic. Yes, um, remorseful. Yeah, yeah. I think um, right, I'm like I'm a, I'm such a small part of this, so I can't speak for everything. I think. I, I've had a, I'm very fortunate. I've gotten to see as much as I have and I've worked in a lot of this as, as long as I have. But, um, yeah, I think, um, sorry, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, a a certain, I don't know. There's a certain kind of person. It, it no, I'm sorry. It's not a certain kind of person. It takes a certain kind of strength also to go on television and talk about, these again, this really heavy stuff. Sure, and a lot of times, some of these people have maybe lost a family member, or they were close to a crime that happened, right, right. and it may not have gotten a bunch of buzz uh, immediately. Uh, but you guys are shining light on it, yeah. You know, 
years later, yeah. is there some of that like opening old wounds stuff that you have to worry about when you're, when you're talking to these people or, or does the fact that they agreed to do it kind of preclude them from being no, sensitive about it? I think sometimes even talking about it can open up old wounds. They really? didn't expect. Do you like that part? Do you like when you get some feelings out of somebody, <laughs> like when you're interviewing somebody uh, and you get like a, a, a little bit extra I, out of them that you didn't expect? <laughs> I do love when people open up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so, yes, I think it's, I think it's the main reason why I wanted to get into telling people stories. I wanted mm. to tell people stories. I love storytelling and I wanted to get into this, um, uh, of, of seeing like the rawest people can be. Um, it's just kind of, you know, finding that line and where you draw it, where you're not, um, necessarily like exploiting people. Yeah. Finding boundaries within your, within your work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, of course I want to see that emotion. I want to see the real story, but I also, at the end of the day, don't want, you know, that person to also feel like they've been taken advantage of. I think that again, there's a line that needs to be drawn and I and I think that that's one of the the cool things about um working in murder um working in (laughs) in this this true crime genre is that fortunately like I I work with like some of the coolest people who are so empathetic and are so like they just they just know how to 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 make these shows because I I think it does take a like a special kind of person to like make these kind of television shows where you Again, it's not like kittens and rainbows, you know, it's like it's dark. It's re- and and that's the thing, because it's all over every like network these days. I think people kind of almost like, well, like, like what kind of murder show do I want to watch tonight? Yeah, and I've got all different flavors to choose exactly. from, like spouse on spouse murder exactly. or stranger murder. Ex- exactly. Whatever I want exactly. to get involved in. So it's like when you're when you're working when you, when you deal in murder, you have to like <laughs> I don't know be the like kind of people who can at least recognize that like this is a this is somebody's this is a lot of people's lives right. You're not just like like I feel like one of the the main things that we see out of like every like interview every show is that this isn't just one life that was lost. This is the family's life. This is, you know, a kid's life, a mom's life, a dad's life, but it's also on the opposite side of that spectrum. It's like this killer also did something and their family, you know, on every level suffered. And it's just, you gotta be aware because we do. We we kind of almost like narrow it out to like we're so interested and like yeah. this like crime. Oh, and, and it's just television, right? It, it, These aren't real people. And it's just TV. You're right. Yeah. That's like we and but honestly, like sometimes that's what we say to get through it too. Like, okay, it's just TV. But at the end of the day, like you do, you sit back and you're like, wow, these are real. This yeah. Is, this is so real. <laughs> Have you ever gotten too close to a project? Uh Something just got into you and, and you and you're doing the thing where you're staying up all night drinking coffee, drawing lines on the wall with, <laughs> yeah. with you know, different headshots and like pieces red, of yarn. Red yarn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or have you been mm, able to keep it at arm's length? So no, I've never, like I've, never, I've never gotten too close to a project in like a uncomfortable or inappropriate yeah, like way. Like an never. obsessive way. Never like that. No, but I, I've definitely like you know, you know, stayed up 
a little bit longer and thought about things or felt like felt things that yeah. I, I didn't expect to feel from doing a job. Right. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I feel like, hi, Bobby. I feel like, um, like things I didn't care about when I was younger that I've now started to care about, um, which I know. <laughs> Bonnie's in the house, man. She's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're sweet. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And this is, and this, this right here, puppies is how I feel better at the end of the day. I, 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 I bet, I bet folks who work in true crime have a lot of animals, <laughs> lap kittens and things like oh that. Yeah. But it's heavy. So it is. Well, is it hard to leave? At home, is it hard to like? It's got it's got to be heavy duty work. It's such a but you're such a kind, like nice, (laughs) uplifting person. If you told me if you if you were to tell me that you worked in a a, you know an industry that that made (laughs) programming that you know was a little dark and 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 surrounded murder, sometimes I don't know if I would believe it. It's 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 I think it's just who I am as a person. Um, I have a probably a dark sense of humor anyway. I'm really good at just like. (laughs) <laughs> I'm good. But I mean, I mean, no, I, I've had moments, I've definitely had moments over the years, just like, re- I mean, it's just like reading cases, dig- I mean, digging your claws into these cases and like really like, I mean, because you do care, especially like when you're out on the road and you're interviewing people and you really start to connect with people in like certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't always happen, but sometimes for certain, you know, certain people are willing to open up to you like that. Um you do have these sort of moments where like you, I don't, I don't hold on to everything. Cause you do have to let go. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it is a job, but you can't keep them all. You can't you, keep you, them all. 23 episodes a season. But, or whatever. Like there are moments where like something happens in my life and I think, Oh my God, what if that happened to, yeah. you know, my brother, yeah. what did that happen right. to my mom? What did that happen to like my husband? What did that happen to like my best friend? Well, like you yeah. do have these, which you don't want to think about. That those right. thoughts do creep in when you're yeah. talking about murder. So there's all some the time. perspective gleaned from it too, yeah. probably. Like yeah. this, oh, is, this yeah. can really happen. It can it can actually happen. That's yeah. the thing. That's which is I think at the the heart of it. Why I wanted to really like get into storytelling was to tell real mm. stories. And then I got this opportunity, which at the time I was like, ah, it's just TV. But they are real, real stories. Well, you're obviously good at it because I've seen a bunch of your stuff, and it's very good. Uh, but you've also been doing it for a long time. If if you weren't good at it and, and, and if you, you know, didn't like it, you obviously would have moved on to a different kind of storytelling. I mean, I'm still learning every day. I think really? that's, that's the other thing, too, is that I think people. Um, it, it, everyone, everyone has uh, this kind of again material. It's just it's just heavy. It's not for everyone. And yeah. Not to say that it's for me. I don't love murder, but I like one. You like storytelling, right? I want to tell people's stories. And I think everyone I work with, everyone who's there, like they just want to do that too, which mm. is the coolest thing. You know, like, as you know, like working in production, like you, when you put a camera in someone's face, it's not like, so for some people it comes naturally. They can be on camera and they can do all that. When a lot of the people um, that we, especially that we interview, like, they didn't necessarily want to be on camera. They just wanted to tell a story. Yeah. And I think sometimes our job is to make them feel like this is your time and this is your place. And yeah. we need to make you feel comfable to like tell that story. This is your shot. <laughs> Take in, it. A, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a easier, not easier. It's never easy. In a, in a 
more important way. Because I yeah. think sometimes people have important stories to tell. I think there are lessons to be learned sometimes. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe it's all a maybe it's all a joke. <laughs> how much of the like how much of the investigative part of it do you do? Do you dig into the to this stuff and research it or or does a story producer <laughs> I used to. Yeah. And now nowadays I'm more on like the post side of things, but um, telling the story before it's told. Um, nowadays, or, or, my job is just to, I mean, you know, make sure the story is told right. Um, I don't necessarily get to go out and tell the story, which was my favorite part. And, really? And I love the people who get to go out and do that. Um, so you're working with, with an editor, dri- mm-hmm. he's driving, he or she's driving the machine and you're, and you're putting the story together in post. Yeah. For the most part. Um, I guess that's been like two or three years now. Um, because prior to that, um, I still consider myself like a writer at the heart of it all. Yeah. Um, so that's what you did I before want- is find these stories and, and yeah, well, so, so we, we have them? big teams, um, were and, and different people, but like my job was mostly to like work with, um, sometimes, um, like a, a, a pre-production team who would, because we were, we needed to look up stories every, we're always looking for obviously more murder, yeah. um, and murder that will unfortunately sell. Um, and so we, we go out and we, you know, look for stories in the news and mostly stories that have been adjudicated. Um, so they've been through the court system and we then try to find people who will talk about their cases. Um, and then it's at that point, it's, it's kind of our responsibility to make sure that we're telling the story the right way and to make sure that those people are, um, those voices are being heard, um, in the right way. And also, in an unbiased way, like you guys can't be unbiased. You guys can't be biased. We can't. Right? We can't be biased. No, we we have to try and tell it from, um, from a completely factually like, in, right. in, like from an, an investigative standpoint, yeah. from the a, a police procedural, from a, even a court procedural. It has to be that we are, we are not saying like, well, this person, right. you know, it's not editorial. Right. Kind of this person it's, was a, a shithead yeah. and deserved it. Or this person was a shithead and was always going to be a killer. You know, like yeah. you can't, you can't do that because right. you don't know. Right. And like that's the biggest thing I think for people to remember right now is that like, no one knows everything. Like you have to be open-minded to everyone's circumstances because things happen. And yes, that doesn't, this, this person maybe should be in prison forever that person shouldn't necessarily should never be dead. Right. Uh, murder. It's, just, it's the worst. Um, but like you, you can't go into it thinking that person had it coming. You can't go into it thinking that person was like, oh, oh, oh clearly they were going to yeah. be a killer from the day. They That'd were be born. the hardest part for me. It would be not, it would not be not picking a side, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, <laughs> it is, it's, it's a little difficult. I'm trying to keep myself from saying anything that <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you go through those same Kind of, kind of things. It's just, it's, it's hard. You know, you're trying to figure out like, like again, like where to draw a line, yeah. like how to, how to, again, tell, <laughs> tell a story unbiasedly. And then at the end of the day, you, you just, you just depend on your service animals, your emotional support babies <laughs> to take care of you. Bonnie's helping you, man. <laughs> She's like, I know you're talking about this very weird thing. I know. <laughs> so how'd you get into it? What was the, what was the, like, what was the path? What was the path to do it? I mean, I assume you went to, uh, did you go to school here? Yeah. So I, I went to UT and I studied journalism. Um, I loved, from a, a very young age, I wanted to make movies. Um, where, where did that start? 
But what did, did you watch? Did you watch Indiana Jones and all of a sudden? Oh wanted my to, God! Yes, yeah. I, wa- I wanted to be Indiana Jones first and foremost. I wanted to be an archaeologist who ran around the jungle. Um, well, it's but funny no, I, because so many people get into this business <laughs> because of movies. Yeah, and we don't make movies. No, you know, no, we do. We, we do yeah, a very exactly. different thing. Yeah. But we tell stories but with that's, pictures. But that's but that's what I wanted to do. I just like I feel like everyone. I wanted to like make movies. Like mm. that was my first love. And with Sa- with Sam with Sam's um, sis- younger youngest sisters in law, um, I used to make them run around my backyard f- filming horror movies when I was like a when we were little kids. And like I th- like I had a you know hand cam VHS camcorder, um, and I would direct them. And I was like you know. We're gonna make this so scary. And they, you were the, the director. They were the worst. Oh, there <laughs> were there were like shots of me just being like bossy when I was younger. I was like, I would probably would have been the quintessential director. I was just like, hurry up, we're missing the take. The sun is setting. Like it's terrible. Bigger. Yeah. yeah. I mean bigger. <laughs> Throw yourself down the hill. <laughs> this is a horror film. You know, but like I, I and I loved, I loved horror films. And so we would also, we'd go after we'd make our terrible horror movies, we'd go to Blockbuster and we would rent really, really crappy horror movies. Yeah. And then we'd like, you know, two every, like every Friday night we'd rent two and we'd go home and watch them and like just really bad. Um, so did, which, did you watch a lot of horror? Oh yeah. So horror is such an interesting genre because it's like this anomaly of a filmmaking genre because it has a built-in audience of people who would just go and pick up a movie because it is in the genre. <laughs> right. They don't care if it's good or not. Right, yeah. A lot of them aren't, but right. they are right. to people who watch them. And it's, it's got this whole cult following and people who are like uh, actors and actresses who are famous worldwide for making some C D E yeah. <laughs> horror films. It's always been fascinating it's, to me. It's great. It's and and a lot of like a lot of filmmaking um practices have have been stumbled on in horror too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well it's it's funny because I think like loving horrible horror movies also like you know led to my appreciation of like camp films like John Waters like, yes. later in life and like just like the kind of the absurdity yeah. of like of storytelling, like the 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 most ridiculous thought you can have played out on screen. Yes, because that's kind of what horror is. Sometimes. Yes, it is, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so for good. that reason. Yeah. And horror gave horror gave camp yeah. permission to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so it's and like it, it it's kind of funny because I again I had this like love for making movies, and so then I got you know got to high school. I was like, oh, like. I'm good at grammar. And I was like, so maybe I'll be a writer. And then like, I was like, oh, well then journalism. And so like, then all through college, I was like, oh, journalism is my route. I'm going to work for like a magazine one day. And then learned Knoxville has a big production hub and fell into that. I was like, oh wait, this is kind of like movies. (laughs) And then I was like, oh wait, now I can work in murder. (laughs) which is almost like horror. (laughs) You're like adjacent to everything you ever wanted to be. (laughs) So uh, where did it start? So you grew you grew up here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mom and dad in town. Still here. Still here. Yeah. Okay. Still on the brothers and sisters and all yeah. that. I got one brother. I got, got one brother out there in Maryville. Down the road. Mar- Maryville, and then I got um sister in Florida, brother in Nashville. So we're all East Coast still. Yeah, f- one of four. Yeah. 
Okay. Where are you in the birth order? Baby. The baby. Yeah, they're all like way older than me. Okay. Which also stemmed to me lying about my age for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so are your parents older? Yes, they're in their 70s. So my sister okay. was 16 years older than me. Oh, uh, yeah. So like, so like I was very much a blessing. Like they were not expecting me. And then I came along and I'm like, hello, ball of energy. And <laughs> I was very much a blessing. Very Catholic family. <laughs> really? <laughs> What what are your brothers and sisters do? Are they creatives too or not? Oh my god! Yeah, my my brothers are the most amazing, creative, artistic. Can paint, draw the most. They're they're so amazing, which I don't have. I didn't really? get that. Um, Mom and dad though are they creative people? Maybe. Really? We never really talked about. This. Really? <laughs> no, they are. I think they're. They were too busy worried about their college age yeah, children they, while you were growing yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they are. They are. But I think it's just it's just different too. Like I. Um, I don't know. Like they're again, very, for me anyway, very different generation because I am the baby, you know, they were yeah. in their, I mean, they're in their forties when, when you were born. Yeah. 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 And, um, my, so yeah, what did they do? Teacher, lawyer. Okay. Which one was the teacher? Mom. Mom, she's, teacher, she's re- dad, lawyer. She refuses to retire. She's been the same school for 40 plus years. No way. Yeah, and she won't That's retire. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, what age kids people, does she teach? People literally walk up, first grade, people literally walk up to me to this day and they say, mm-hmm. uh, well, after somehow we've been introduced and they're like, oh my God, your mom taught me in first grade. Yeah. And you're like, you're 10 years older than I'm, me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, they're like, they're like 30 years older than me. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> she has little, she has grandkids of kids she taught. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's uh, that's kind of everyone, awesome, though. Everyone knows. If I said her name and people Everybody heard Everybody would know her. Probably people who's in your pockets like, oh, yeah, that's my first grade teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I, that Those are the people that should teach. Yeah, I know. And she's so great. You know? And she's – sorry. Yeah. She's so great. What kind of law did your dad do? Uh, mostly real estate. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Like tax liens and stuff like that. Yeah. No, no like, murder cases, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Although there was this one case that he did um, – just like, I hope this isn't a big deal to say. Yeah, it was a long time ago. He was like, oh, you know, I've got this case where, you know, this woman died and her family's trying to get the house. They might have killed her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, don't know. I think that was just him. Yeah, that was just him. Being like, hey, you work in murder yeah. now. Yeah. Let me say something <laughs> juicy. <laughs> might be a story here. I don't know. Never came up again. I don't know what happened. So did you feel like an only child growing up? But, no. No? Okay. No, I was very lucky that, like, my mom. Well, did you feel close. like you had five parents since since you your kids, <gasps> since your siblings were all older than you? I don't know. No, but, like, my, my brothers, brother's two my years brothers younger. My brothers were wild. No. Really? <laughs> or at least my oldest brother was wild. No, they were, they were siblings to the to Cool. The night. They, they were, no, they, they were kind of protective, I guess, at times, but, like. They yeah. included you? What? Because I lied about my age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when did you get your first fake ID? Oh, no, I never had one. You never had I one. Never had a fake ID. Really? Never. Gosh. I mean, like I, I was so good about lying about my age. People were like, guess you're, <laughs> "Come on in." I guess you are forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where'd you go to high school? Knoxville Catholic High School. Oh yeah, it's a good school. Real good school. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It's we shoot there sometimes. What? Really? Yeah, we can't shoot at public schools. They won't let you. They kicked us out too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they won't were let, like, you yeah. guys are taking up too much of our time. State law. Murder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have to go to private schools now. And we've really shot a Catholic like, a couple times and I didn't a lot of people in. Oh, yeah. they're good people. 
They're great people. They're good people over there. Yeah, I know a bunch of folks who who went there. Yeah. <clears throat> Turned out just fine. They're fine. We're fine. We're, <laughs> We're all fine. fine. We're all fine. <laughs> no, we, 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 we've done okay. And then you go to UT and study journalism? Mm-hmm. Did you did you think it was going to parlay itself into a film job with the writing stuff and all I hoped, that? You did, but no. Once I was in college, I was like, no, I need to focus on becoming a journalist because I didn't realize that Knoxville again had this industry. Well, what a great like best of both worlds thing you got out of it. Oh, for sure. You kind of for like, sure like curated your own position yeah, without, without knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I had no idea. Um, I think that's what happens when you just kind of follow the the right breadcrumbs. Totally. You know what I mean? You yeah. just do the right thing a couple times and do right. do the next the next thing that's, you know, that, that's right yeah. and then it just kind of kind of reveals itself. Yeah. That's that's pretty pretty spectacular though that you got to put all of your passions into into one job and then not only have you you know, I assume you started out as a PA or or somewhere in that world and then kind of dug your way through. Is that what happened? Front at front desk. Yeah. Started at the at the front at desk Jupiter? at Jupiter, yeah. I, in I, the b- behind the um the doors that did this, the opening the, the old grocery store, the grocery doors? store yeah. doors. It was a grocery store. A long yeah, it time was. Ago. Yeah. I used to go to that grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, I next did to Mulligan's, was, the yes, restaurant. Yes, amazing. Yeah, amazing restaurant. I mean that, and that was still there up until like four or five years ago, and then we took over the building, and now it's part. Mulligan's of the was still there. Yeah, the restaurant. The restaurant. Did you guys just have like a company tab over there? That was, that you, awesome. you, was it a cool? Place? We didn't have it was just great because it was really connected to our building. So we yeah. would walk outside. You know, every Friday everyone got together there and it was so really great. and then you know we had to expand and so, <laughs> so was awesome too. But. Mulligan's was at the bay or at the foot of, of Gettys, Getty's View, of Getty's which is View, where yeah. a golf course is, yes. which is why it's named after a, a golf term. Correct. Um why was it there? Do you know? Do you know why the production company was in West Knoxville at the foothills of a of a golf course? Is it because Stephen Lamb lived in Getty's View? Really? Yeah, that's what I always assumed. Yeah, I knew so he lived there. It actually so so Jupiter, which I didn't even know this until I started working at Jupiter. It used to be next to Sacred Heart, mm. um, the Catholic school, which yeah. is where I where I went to elementary, middle school. Yeah, on North Shore. On North Shore, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, it was so there was there's this like building and like the Paraclete is part of like it's like the little shop that's a part of the cathedral there at okay. Sacred Heart and like on like the back side of that and over there was like the Jupiter. Really? Um, and then they eventually end up moving over to Getty's view. Yeah. Um I think I think he they lived over there at the time. I'm pretty sure that I, I, I don't was, know. I know I think that he was he living was there, there when I was when I worked at Jupiter for a little I freelanced for Jupiter a little bit right after I got out of film school. What? I didn't yeah, even know this. Of course. Yeah. This is information you could have told me earlier. Well, you have you have to you have to work <gasps> at Jupiter. Oh my god, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone works there. It's great. <laughs> well, I mean it it's such an important part of our production infrastructure here. It's just it's just super cool. I mean, like it's been around for so many decades yeah, <laughs> now. It it's has. So, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's such an I dealt with Robert Twilley. I love Robert. Yeah, what a, what an he's awesome an awesome guy. dude. Somebody told me that he was that uh, he well he did he start the hive. Yeah. So yeah, but he's gone now, right? Yeah. So yeah. so Jupiter has basically created. So we were, um, I guess, uh, Sky came in and uh, What's purchased Sky? Um, like Sky News, Sky okay. Sports, and over in the UK. Oh um, well, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like came over and acquired some of Jupiter. Yeah, part of it. And then, right. And then at some point, um, we decided to basically create this 
new um, production um, services, which is the Hive. Robert mm. Kelly created that, um, and he has um, actually since left. And and that that still exists. Um, we have. I noticed a sign. Now. I drove by the other day on yeah. Ebenezer, and it yeah, just yeah. says it's the Hive. A, the up Hive. There. It doesn't say Jupiter anymore. It, it doesn't. Says the hive. I know. But Jupiter Jupiter Holdings is still over. Yeah, all of everything. This. Yeah. It's so big. It's nice. It's man. huge. I well, know. Doesn't say like when I first came on as like again receptionist. I was there's like 50 people. I knew everyone's names. Like yeah. I knew every series that Jupiter did, and now I'm like. Okay, I think that that's one of our shows. Right. <laughs> well, there's hundreds of people that work for you us. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's so big. And of course, like, you know, like freelancers too. Like, that's just another world that when I came into this, I didn't even know what freelance meant. Right. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's such a big part of the world. Like, you've got, um, of course, employees that like work within the company, especially in the post world. Um, mm. But especially when you're in the field and you're doing some of the, especially the more technical stuff, like, there's a lot of like the freelance people that come out. Um, that's a and which, really which is amazing to learn from those people too. It's awesome. It's my favorite. You know why it's amazing to learn from them is because they work for you and they work for and them exactly. and they work well, for them and they, and they work for them. They work for everybody exactly. and they learn, they bring the best of the exactly. best knowledge exactly. back and they make us all better. Right. And the freelance market is something that we need to take really good care of oh, here totally. because it's very important totally. to, to elevating our level or yeah. else we would be in Knoxville world forever I making know. the same shit that we know right. how to make already. <laughs> But we have the freelance market that pushes us yeah. and brings us up. And so it's, I'm so grateful for it. And oh, yeah. I, I will, you know, I'll take care of those guys as much as I can, you know, as much as it, as hard as it is to, you know, to, with us, we have people on staff, right? right? And 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 we want to work the people that we, that we have on staff. But when we bring in uh, freelancers, it's just this, there's some kind of symbiosis that just kind of, that continues to make everybody better. That's, and I mean, but that's a fresh thing. I, blood. <laughs> I think I learned the most, um, from, cause I'm, I'm really, I'm not on the technical side of things. I wish I was better. I wish I was better with like an Avid. I wish I was better with, you know, an FS7. Like I wish I could get in there and like use this equipment, you right. know, better. Um, but what's amazing, I think with some of these freelancers, they come in and they're like, at least, and and there are people within like an you know the actual a company discipline. too but who are who are welcome to share their knowledge but i think freelancers are so great at like coming in and sharing everything that they've learned like you said from mm-hmm. working with this company and this company and this network and this and they have kind of more of an open mind a way of sharing mm-hmm. um how to do these things how to run these these te- right. this technical side of production because mm-hmm. again that's something that that is a little bit more foreign to me I'm not very I'm not as great with the camera right. I'm not as great on a, on a machine but oh my god it's so nice to like again these freelancers just know so much from being all over the place yeah and and the the good thing about us having this production infrastructure here that Jupiter's a part of that North South is a part of that all the commercial production companies that we have around here Lock and Key Pop Fizz Draft Agency a, a few of those other ones um what's great about having this free this freelance market is that they go out we work them a lot but then they're also able to go out and they're able to work in atlanta they're able to work in nashville they're able to work in big markets and sharpen their chops to where they're just as good as anybody else would be anywhere else and then they can they can bring it back and elevate our level of work oh yeah but then we're also there you know 
as as I, I I don't want to diminish it and say we're the old standby, but we're also like a, a big part of of what they do too. They couldn't just go work in Nashville or Atlanta, or they would just right. live there. You right. know what I mean? Right. But we, uh, because of the the work that that we have and that we we do here, uh, we're we're able to you know support good people and and keep them around. And I think it's really important that we have each other. That the Jupiters oh, have true. the locking keys, totally. have the pop, pop fizzes, yeah. have yeah. have the the north souths to oh, kind yeah. of rely on this this base and kind of build up this base of freelancers oh, yeah. who are uh, able to come in and elevate our work. Oh yeah, when we need it and. I, I, I'm glad that you feel, you know, th- that you notice that too. Cause I don't talk to a lot of people who, who see it that way. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, Oh, I don't have enough guys. I got to hire a freelancer. It's like, wait a second. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends are freelancers. Yeah, I Just know. back off. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so when you guys gear up for a show, do you hire everybody on staff or how does that work? No, I mean the post, like I said, the post world is, is, um, is really primarily like um, staff people mm-hmm. just because it's like a, you know, a set period of time where we're going to be working on the same show, you know, every season yeah. together. It's like, it's nice to have just like that. Um, and it's somewhat of a known quantity too, that you yeah. can uh, allow for. It's right, like, okay, exactly. we have right. to edit 23 episodes of this right, or however exactly. many episodes, it's going to take this many editing hours. I need this many right. editors to do right. it. It's easy to. Not to, to say that we don't, you know, use, especially editors, like freelance editors, because the edit- editing this man, it's such a, a big undertaking. It's huge. Um, yeah, it's, it's a so, lot of tech to it. It's so big. It's amazing how it takes like, so much time. Like it that's does. something that like I don't think people get is it, how much time it takes. And name a job that is as um, uh, it, it's as necessary for you to be a creative mind and a technical mind together. Like those two things are, are usually separate, but but there's a special kind of person that's an editor where it comes together and you're like, how how are you this good at storytelling, but also this good at telling me why a pixel is this color? (laughs) It's weird. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing that, cause like, I think I've always wanted to be that person that can like sit down and be like, I'm going to edit this and it's going to be perfect (laughs) and beautiful. Cause in my mind, I'm like, this is how I want it to look. But in reality, if I sit down on a computer, I'm like, I am so impatient. Why doesn't this already look as good as I want it to? Somebody help. I broke everything. Like, it's all broken. I can't. It's like, like I have, God, the editors are amazing. I mean, amazing. I've I've worked with some of the, I think my favorite people to work with are, and the worst, are editors. Because, like, they're so, no, but, like, still my favorite. It's, like, the same person that I love so much is just, like, back off and I'm like no but I need to say something now they're like no <laughs> put me in my place it's over like, that's okay. a good relationship to have with <laughs> an editor it is so good because it's if so not good. you're not getting anything from them other than just being a machine driver exactly and that's not why you're hiring them exactly they need they're a storyteller too they're, right they are exactly they're yeah. still a storyteller and I feel like sometimes we put so much like t- technical pressure on them mm-hmm. and like they are so much Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and that's and that's so we do we do work with a lot of you know freelance editors and um you know staff editors um our post teams you know producer wise are usually like staff but um field wise like our you know director of photography a lot of the um um even even producers in the field too um we'll we'll do we'll use a lot of freelance because a lot of times especially in the time of covid we we have to hire people 
um, that if not local or at least within driving distance um, to some of our stories that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to go to to film because COVID has just created this like whole new, as you know, like this world of like regulation and and restriction and And in terms of how you can film things and where you can film things. And you got to fill out a DocuSign that says, have you been out of the state in the last 14 days? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes good sense too, because I would think that because of the nature of the work and because of, you know, if you're, if you're lensing this stuff, if you're, if you're, you know, telling these stories, I I would think that it could be a little bit of a grind to, and a little bit of an emotional uh, tax to, to do this stuff because of the nature of, of the content. content, Right. So it probably makes good sense. I have somebody different DP, you know, DP an episode just to kind of give people a little respite. Thank you. Uh, granted, though, I mean, because I when I worked in the field, there were, you know, back in the day, Thanks there so. was um, we were able to, you know, every basically episode go out with like like we, we would all go like the same DP, um, the same um, like audio engineer. Like we we would the three and it was usually like a lot of times just a three person crew. Yeah. And we would all a producer, a shooter, an yeah. audio person. Yeah. And yeah. we, all three of us, wherever we came from would meet uh-huh. and then we would spend the week, you know, shooting. Um, and man, like those, and, and, it, and then the next week, you know, we'd be together somewhere yeah. new or the next week. And sometimes it'd be like, okay, every three weeks we'd be somewhere, wherever. But yeah. like, it, it was kind of awesome though. There's like, something it, magic about it. I loved that so yeah. much, like going out with my crew. Like <laughs> it was like my new way of. I agree. There's something, oh, there's oh, something very, the um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. If it's primal carnal like this this feeling that a small group of people it, it's the brotherhood it's the we're all simpatico we all you know we all care for one another it's not hard to build trust among three people it's not hard to tell if you know if, if you don't like each other if you're not working well together if we need to make moves if we're doing this together if we're if the three of us are shooting these week after week together there's there's some kind of like there's a family kind of totally. kind of bond yeah. that, that you lose when you're a 60 person crew you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's got a courtesy yeah. breakfast and call time and a right, safety right, meeting right, right, and, right. and the whole, the whole dog tape. and pony. Yeah. The red, <laughs> the red tape and the dog yeah. and pony. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I miss, I miss that a little bit. I spent about five years working with a director named Michael Underwood and a DP named Josiah Morgan and Chris Durfee, the gaffer. I'm sure you know him. I know Chris. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and we had this client named Peter Moore who would hire us from, uh, from HGTV and DIY. And we would get in a van together or fly somewhere and get in a van together. And I mean, I look back at it as the most magical yeah. era of my life <laughs> yeah. of the, of the, the four or five of us going somewhere and doing these things that we, we were punching above our weight. We were doing right. really great stuff that felt even more special because we were doing it as a family. Right. Right. You totally. Know? And then you kind of lose it a little bit when you get, when you get super big. So there is yeah. like, there is that allure, I think, especially with like film school people that oh, sure. come out and want to shoot with the best cameras that take 10 people to AC them right. and operate yeah. them all that and that's great but i I think there's something beautiful picture it does don't get me wrong but amazing i can get joy on the thing that you're talking about which is three people going out and doing and making something that is running on primetime television you had your little family your little your sense of community like i will never forget being on the road in the middle of nowhere montana and like in the middle of it was I mean it was like maybe July or whatever and our crew was like let's go down to the river which was like you know half 
or a quarter of a mile from the hotel. And we had to go through these woods and we get down to the river and we're just splashing around in the water and just like, we're Grand Montana. Like just, you know, just like happy to just be in like yeah. this wild yes. place experiencing something with people that we just like have yeah. interests with that we get along with. Sure. That we're making, and at the time too, we were making a really cool TV show, true crime, but still like yeah. we we liked what we were doing yeah. too. And we had this like really positive energy everywhere we went. We we're just happy to be there. It was such a, I love that. I That's that. another part is it's <laughs> easy to keep positive energy with a small group. Right, totally. You oh know? my gosh, exactly. <laughs> one bad apple, one yep. bad but one bad mood can yep. ruin 20, 20 person crew, but you got three people together. I've been there too. Because I have there's too. gonna be like that one guy who like just oh, like this three, is what's for breakfast? Three or, or three-person crew, and like two of you are there ready to set up for like the interview that day, and like he just doesn't show up, and you're like, where is he? And he finally stumbles in. You're like, where have you been? He's like, oh, I, I drove to Chicago last night, but I'm back. I'm everything's good. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I also those are like the people. It's like you you got somebody assigned to your crew. You know, that like has never worked with you before, but they doesn't just, like, get it. They don't get it yet. Or or they just they're like this random person that like had a resume out there. Like, well, try him. Yeah. And, like, He's available. Oh, no. I guess there's a reason. <laughs> He's available. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. I love all the weird people that work in production. Yeah, it's interesting. Even that guy. What a weirdo. Love him. Yeah. So great. <laughs> love that he went to Chicago for no reason the night before. So great. I love all the weirdos. Yeah. I, another <laughs> thing I've noticed too is that people look a lot younger than they than they are in production oh gosh, too. Totally. It's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah, I, I remember when I was, especially when I was coming up, I was in my early 20s and I, I would meet people and they would talk about being, you know, about working on movies that happened a long ass time ago. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second, you're only like five years older than me. What do you do? What do you mean you worked on Shawshank Redemption? Like you're like, everybody just kind of has it. I think it's, it's hard. We work hard. Yeah. We do very hard work. Uh, but you know, it's not sitting in a chair all day. It's, oh, not, it's not. No. And it's, and it's not soul sucking. It's something different. And it's, yeah. so, and it's something that's exciting a lot of times. And uh, I don't know. I think it keeps. I think it keeps people. Uh, it keeps people on their toes. Keeps people young. I think it does. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. they've all been divorced twelve <laughs> times too. That's another part of it that I didn't mention. <laughs> because Sorry, uh, the schedule yeah. can be tough. It's a little rough. Yeah. yeah. Which is great because I met my husband like a f- like a few weeks before I f- came off the road. Because I'd been, you know, a field producer for a long time. So I was traveling, you know, every two weeks. Really? And then, like, we met. And then, like, he asked me out finally, like, the day after, like, was my last field shoot ever. I was like, oh, mm. this worked out perfectly. I can settle down now. Really? Okay. So so you did the – so you're in your 20s, I guess. And you're doing the – you're, you're going all – flying all over the country, yeah. going to these different shoots, interviewing people, yeah. shooting all this stuff, bringing it home. And then they're so doing post. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> and – so this is your, this is the, the wild years, yeah. I guess, where you can do that though, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Th- oh, those totally. are the years where you can do it. And, and I think it was like, awesome. Yes. And being in the position. It was that, an education. was the way I always put it. It was an education. Yeah. It's a master's degree for yeah. sure. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. If not a doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I, I think there is something to that that's valuable also, which is identifying a talented person in their twenties who has who's not married, who doesn't have yeah, kids, yeah, who can yeah. do that. And I know that sounds trivial and sure. and silly, but but 
like to me, looking at it from our production company's standpoint, like if I look at if I look at a lot of folks that you know that we have that that have kids and have families now, we can't put them on the road for a month at a time or two months at a time. Sure. It's just not a, not it's an option. It's harder. Yeah. Right. So people that are growing up, people that are coming up in the industry, right. I think they should leverage Th- that. Throw them out. <laughs> well, throw I, them on out. If, See if what I'm, happens. Exactly. Exactly. And especially if there's some yeah, if there's something there that they can. Um, they they have t- they have that uh, sort of desire to want sure to do that to to tell those stories they have that and right can recognize that but if they, if they have that if they, if they've got that part um, I'm leveraging that as a 22 year old oh, sure. if I'm entering the marketplace yeah. I'm like hey send me wherever you want yeah. I can operate a camera yeah I can do audio too yeah. you know yeah do what do whatever you want I can travel all the time well that's what I mean they sent me out because I told them I was 45 years old they're like oh you're experienced. <laughs> <laughs> you look damn good for 45. You're going on the road right now. No, yeah, no. I think, um, there, again, like I said, there's this, like, um, de- desire, I don't know if desire is the right word, but uh, um, hunger to, like, want to get out there and to do a good job mm-hmm. because you're just starting out in your career. But that's not to say also, like, I've known I've known actually some women who took their kids on the road with them as producers. Um, and would travel all the time and did a phenomenal job. It's yeah. not to say that it's just for – um, you know, the single 20 year old, but right. the single 20 year old also, because again, like, like I said, I said I was 30 by the time I was 25, just because I felt like age made me look more, you know, knowledgeable or, or just from a, you know, an outsider, especially working in this industry where people, yeah, like you said, worked on the Shawshank Redemption. Of course, I'm going to tell him I'm 30 just so he thinks like, okay, she should be here, you know, because I was only 25 and he's, Wait, I, I think I'm starting to realize why everybody looks so young in our industry is because they're all fucking lying like you were the whole time. Maybe. I only did it because I always did it. <laughs> and I never lied to like my bosses. I just lied to like the people in the field. Yeah. And it was more of like a oh, are you thirty? I was like, no, I'm like I've been thirty five for like seven years. <laughs> So what? So I got uh, I, I I did the road thing that I, that I told you about earlier, and I had my first kid, and it all like it kind of it it sounds a lot like you, like it was just kind of this delineation marker of like okay, I'm I'm doing something different now, and it's settling. It feel it felt a lot like settling down. I quit going on the road with with right. that crew that I mentioned, and I started working with Pop Fizz all the time, and it became a much more settled down kind of vibe and feel I'm not mad at it at all and it's amazing that we can do that because my friends that live that live in LA and work in production are still doing the thing that I did when I was 23 but they now have families and kids and they're they're having to do all that and that's not a reality for them but it is for us it is which, which is kind of awesome, again, amazing right? to the Knoxville market that we are so fortunate to work in. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have the 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 staff positions, right? 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 You know what I mean? We have, like, well, we again, we we have a hub here. I think mm. that's so important to recognize that it's not just like because people can there's production all over the world, right? But yeah. Knoxville, I think again, people don't necessarily recognize all the time, outside the industry, is that we have this gigantic hub that. We have the ability to 
um, get into this industry where, yeah, we can go out in our 20s or whenever, you know, we can go yeah. out and field produce and or, or be DPs on the road or whatever. But we can also come back and have these staff positions where we're making, you know, quality content mm-hmm. for, you know, or, or in a um, not so even just post, but like in a market, in a in a city where uh, we have like HGTV and, and Food Network and Travel Channel and all these things where like there's so many opportunities that we can make things studios. I mean, like you have this new complex that's about to like start. I'm excited about that. That's so awesome. Do you like, know anything about it? No, not really. I know that Bob Baskerville is yeah. involved. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. And River might I'm, be involved. Right, right. That's River's it. involved. I, I there was a press release that came out and exactly. I read it. The I, same one you did, I'm I sure. I read it and I was like, awesome. Yeah. So I love it. I love what's happening in Knoxville. I, yeah. I um, hope it's exactly what it says <laughs> it is. And I hope I can rent it to yeah. shoot some stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, at the end of the day, I think it just means that our hub is just growing, which yeah. at the end of the day also opens up more opportunities for every company, for every production like facility that's it's in Knoxville. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like a, a need for the marketplace too. It, I'm sure yeah. you guys need to go shoot tabletop, pick up stuff all the time where, where if you just could walk into somewhere, yeah. set up a camera and a tripod, turn the lights on, yeah. pull the trigger, you do it. Yeah. And we haven't really, I mean, and I don't want to hate on HP video. They've been a great resource for us for a, you know, a long time. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but it seems like people have, you know, they, people don't remember that, you know, it, it doesn't seem like we have a studio around here that we can just walk in. That's very production centric and very, um, I don't want to say pandering, but, but very, um, uh, that, that, that really goes after, you know, production companies like, like ours to, to produce stuff there. And, and I think that if it is what it says it is, this new production space, I think it's going to be very, very useful for a lot of companies. I would like to know more. I would, yeah, I would too. I would like another press release just to like you know update us. I should have somebody. I should go find somebody and get them on the podcast and get you some and, and hammer them. Oh, what? I, might, I actually might know someone okay. who I heard got a job there recently. Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go straight to old Bob. <laughs> yeah, I've worked yeah. with him a few times. I'll hit him up. I'll go pull up an old call sheet. Give him a shout. <laughs> yeah. Get him over here. Get the down low. He might uh, do it. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. Got this old. Podcast. I'm trying to just, you know, yeah, just you know, getting information out there. Just trying to, you know, spread the word, yeah. the good word. <laughs> have you, have you, uh, when you started working in town mm-hmm. and traveling a lot, mm-hmm. it at some point you said settled down, mm-hmm. but you moved, didn't you? At some point, I did, but not for any production reason. Oh, really? I um. So I, I, so at that point I was working post. And um, you were in Knoxville working post? I was in Knoxville, started working post. And then my husband got um, basically relocated with his company to California. Okay. And so I. Which part? San Francisco Bay Area. So we were technically in the East Bay. Nice. Um, which yeah, was awesome. Love um, the Bay Area. So great. Perfect yeah. weather all the time. Yeah. Like I'm dreading the summer that's about to hit us because I hate humidity. It rains a little bit in the Bay Area, though. I lived in Southern California for a few so years. So I, where I lived in the East Bay, didn't it never rained. Really? It, 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 so it was supposed to rain in like March and April. Mm-hmm. And like when I was there, it like barely ever rained. It was like drought season. Have you not heard about all the fires? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> it was bad. Which is crazy. It's so bad. So, you know, part of that is because they're developing areas. 
because San Francisco Bay Area is so overpopulated that they're pushing out to areas that have been wildfire places for a long time. They're just building houses there now. And so now there's fires taking over people's houses that are five years old. Well, it's like, well, it, these fires happened here 10 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, so East Bay and like a, the, around the bay, like basically there's these hills that, you know, sneak around yeah. and block the bay breeze. It is so dry. I bet. That like it takes a hot summer day and like last summer, for yeah. instance, like strike of lightning all over Napa and like Sonoma areas. Yeah. That it just Wine like. Wine country. Yeah. Which was also awesome to have right there. But you that's, go, that's go in there a lot? Oh, my God, every weekend. Really? It was great. How so far like, was it? So it was 30 miles. So I lived in the East Bay of San Francisco. So we were 35 miles south of Napa. So there was okay. like Napa, Napa, Sonoma, San Francisco. So are you north of Oakland? In the east, east Just directly east of directly Oakland. Directly east of Oakland. So you literally, there's these, again, these hills that block yeah. the bay. You go under these hills. There's this tunnel that we always went through. It was a crazy tunnel. And then once you're through those tunnels, um, you've got like Orenda, Lafayette, and then Walnut Creek. And we lived in Walnut Creek. Gotcha. Um, because my husband worked in the far out East Bay of San Ramon. And so we were like, well, let's find a place. Uh, it's easy to get to the city, but also easy for him to get to his job. Gotcha. Um, is he a tech guy? No. He no. is a contracts business guy um but no yeah so we were out there it was always supposed to be a a two-year gig so that's why i was like i'm gonna go live out here um the company said okay um because i'm coming back this is before covid this is before so this is before remote work and then covid ubiquitous covid hit while you were out there while we were out there and we were just like it's he became remote then at that point, and I was, of mm. course, so remote. Everyone became remote at that point. Yeah. Um, and we're just like, let's go back to Tennessee. I mean, I'd always wanted to be in California. And there's, a, It was so funny. When I went to California, everyone was like, oh, so many opportunities and production out there. You can you can work out there. You could find a new job out there. And I was like, no, I, I love my job. Like, I want to yeah. stay with this company. Like, I'm not looking for another job by going to California. Yeah. Um, and there were opportunities, but it's actually like really nuts to see some of my friends who kind of were in the industry out in California who, when COVID hit, things shut down. So crazy. And it was like, yeah, like, I mean, not that, not that I told you so, but, you, you know, it's like I, I am happy with, you know, what I have. Knox, Knoxville, again, it's a great hub. And, like, to watch California go through – because California is like it's, it's – um, a, it's a it's a big it's it's not a, it's not so much a hub as it is something that's like ready to implode. <laughs> yeah, it's always felt volatile. Yeah, yeah it always feels like it's just on the verge of yeah, you know, everything so, going to hell because that's where everything exists. Yeah, at least well, that's what California thinks. Well, yeah, that it, you're you're exactly right. That's that's what everybody would like to think. Yeah. yeah. I lived in LA for two years. I moved out there to work in production. Well, I moved out there to act and I ended up working in production while I was out there. And man, I have got to say, I love <laughs> the mentality that people have here over the, the production world in it's California. So different. It is a lot different. It's so cutthroat and, and it's so it's, it's, plastic. It's and, scary. Yeah. Like I couldn't survive in that. It's hard. Yeah, I did for for a, for a I couple of years. To you. Yeah, I and could, it was hard. It turned me into a monster. Yeah. I remember coming home and my best friend was like, "Who the fuck are you?" And I was like, "I don't know. I, I just thought this is how people behaved." 
He's like, no, man. You're like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, that's California. Yeah. That's LA. Is. Well, it's, that's LA. Yeah. LA, because it is. It's so cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, I I don't, I, could, I couldn't do it out there either. PAs get paid almost twice as much money in Knoxville as they do in LA. But I think they're, they're miserable. The ones here or the no, ones in the LA? No, the ones in LA. Oh, yeah. They're so miserable. It's tough. Like It's tough living, like they, man. They, they're sad. It's fast paced. <laughs> it's fast paced. Yeah, but that's fine. They're, it's more like they're, you know, they're they're miserable. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I kind of get that. It, and I do. But what is so ironic about that is what California is selling everybody that lives there. The thing that is the selling point is the weather. Oh my that's God. the reason. That's the only reason that anybody would pay that amount of money for that house is because you don't have to worry about snow. You don't have to worry about anything below 70 degrees or above 80 degrees. Like that's really what you're paying for out there. It's so perfect though. It is absolutely perfect. It's the most amazing. That's like, I mean, since I've been home, people are like, oh, you miss California. I'm like, no, not at all. And then as soon as it hit like 80 degrees here, I was like, fuck, I miss California so much. Yeah, I miss the weather so much. My, my buddy lives on the <laughs> my buddy lives a block off of Venice Beach in a condo, and he doesn't have an air conditioner <laughs> or a heater in his apartment <laughs> because he doesn't need it. I was like, LA can get kind of hot though, so not that if air you live not need. if you live uh, the on the beach, coast. Yeah, not the if you live yeah. a block off of Venice Beach, you don't. He's got a fireplace, and he fires it up twice a year when it gets down to sixty eight. Oh. Well, that was San Francisco. I mean. It can get chilly. And it, yes, it can get yeah. rainy. And fo- Carl the Fog. What a pal. Carl is what they call the fog in really? San Francisco. It's what d- is it, does it, Carl does it stand for something? No, he's just – that's his name, Carl. Really? It doesn't stand for, for something crazy? It's not a uh, – Okay, I was only there for like a year and a half, so if I'm wrong, sorry, <laughs> California. Um, but no, I just – I always met him as Car- – people were like, yeah, it's Carl. Carl's yeah. here. Whatever. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it could be chilly. But then – it was like when the fog cleared and the sun came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know San Francisco. Like people are people are great in San Francisco. Like they come out and like like the full like celebratory regalia. Like they're there to like yeah. just it's Absolutely. a day, you Absolutely. know. And it's um, like the people in San Francisco is also what I miss about um, California and that like they are. They're just a different kind of. Like, I mean, every city is different. San Diego is different. LA is different. San Francisco is different. People in San Francisco are just like just wildly in their own world, and it's amazing because it's San Francisco and it is its own world. I always loved awesome. that about it. I always <laughs> loved getting away from LA and going to San Francisco, which we did like once a month. Yeah, we would drive up the five. And, up the, yeah, and and it would t- it took you know we would leave after work on Friday and drive up to San Francisco and get a hotel room and stay in San Francisco for the whole weekend, and it was amazing how much different life was up I think there. People are happier there. People, I think people are happier there too. It, it, nobody's stepping on each other's throats to yeah. get to the next thing. Yeah. It's like, hey right. man, we're we're here. Look, look at this awesome thing I just made. Or, yeah. or let's let's enjoy this together. Let's go yeah. here and and not be and as you know, as populous as San Francisco is, it's not as overpopulated as LA it's, is. It is smaller. It is smaller Which too. Which is great. Yeah, it's that 50 helps. square miles. Yeah. And it's still not, it, it's still not as on top of each other as LA is, at least when you, when, it, seemingly. Right. I, I feel like San Francisco is more, um, 
dispersed. Like people are, yes, it's dense, but people are everywhere in LA. People are on Melrose at this thing because this is the popular thing that's happening right now. Right. Or people are at this premiere and this is the thing that's happening. We got to all go there stand in line. There are a lot more neighborhoods. Yes. Because I think because of how small it is, there are way more neighborhoods for people to go and gather and move to, which is yeah. really nice. Like you got like, oh, let's go to Outer Richmond or Outer Sunset and like hang out at the beach or let's go over to Fort Mason and like hang out on this beach or let's go over to Knob Hill and be inside the city or the you know, whatever. It's yeah, just like there's not all these different what's happening now. No, it's it's just like it's just, this is happening, is happening all the time exactly. and let's all go be a part of Which it. Which is so cool and I, I love know. it. And the weather was really great. When the sun came out, it was fucking beautiful. <laughs> but no, I don't miss it. <laughs> you don't? Are you glad to be back? I love Tennessee so much. Yeah. I think people shit on Tennessee a lot more than they should because it's yeah. still a great place. Who, do, who does that? When you were out there, did people oh, have yeah. a, a pre- dis, I, a pre uh, I, did they? When I first moved out there, I was looking at an apartment. We moved out there. We're looking at an apartment and someone – like the the – not real estate guy, the, the, the landlord, I guess, sure. at the apartment complex or like the, yeah. the business guy, whatever. Yeah. He was like, oh, where are you from? I said, Tennessee. And he said, oh, I've never had any interest to go to Tennessee. I thought, that is so rude. Yeah. I would it's never say awful that. awful thing to say to somebody. Any state, even Iowa. No, I I've know. never had any interest to rent <laughs> no. this apartment, you <laughs> asshole. We did not rent it. Yeah, of course not. We'll live <laughs> no. next to that guy. But, like, it, you know, yeah, I think that there's just, um, I get it. We're a landlocked state. <laughs> Which is the tough part. And, like, we're in the South, and I know that there's a lot of issues. Um, not to get into anything about, anything to disagree about, but... Tennessee's still a great, beautiful, fucking awesome. It's yeah. Especially, well, I'm sorry. East Tennessee is so fucking awesome. Yeah. And so beautiful with the mountains. Agreed. And our, like, we live in a rainforest. I mean, this is technically a rainforest. It is. It's a temperate in. rainforest. It is. And yeah. that's, I mean, it's beautiful. We live in such a beautiful area of the country. Yes. A million things to not understand Tennessee about, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. I love this. And I, it is my home, so I am very biased as well. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people hate their homes, too. That's you true. Know, a lot of people say, F that place, I'm out. Also, though, Knoxville, if I can just you know get to the root of all of this and talk about how fucking awesome Knoxville is. I mean, I've been here my whole life. I remember going to Market Square when I was a little kid and it being kind of a shithole. Yeah, dead. And like looking at it. And how it's prog- being here while it's progressed all these years and seeing everything that's happened. This is such a cool city. Our industry has is, is awesome. But beyond that, like just the 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 amount of like the amount of people caring about this city and, yeah. and growing it to what it is is so beautiful. It's I such think a that's cool, a cool you city. hit on a really big part of it there. I feel like people people choose to live here. There's a lot of, a lot of. And to come back. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of air quote, better places to live than Tennessee, but people choose to live here for, for good, for good reason. And because they choose to live here, they care about it and they take care of it. And they, they want other people to live here too, because it's the best. It is. I mean, like, I, I don't, I know there's that all, that whole thing, like, oh, don't talk about it. Then more people will come. But like, I, yeah, I get that too. But I also like, man, I, I want, don't have a scarcity mentality I, about this place. Yeah, no, not I, yet. I want everyone to come and like see that. I mean, but we're not Austin yet or Nashville or Asheville. Or Asheville. <laughs> I talked to somebody in Asheville today. She was like, man, great place to visit. I don't like living there. 
And it, it's just because it's a tough, I mean, it's tough. But every place is going every, every to get like that, right? I mean, every every city is going to turn into that. Knoxville just happens to be a really cool one that's been so affordable to live. Mm-hmm. Um, just just such an easy place. People, your neighbor, know, you know your neighbor. You like your neighbor. Like, even if you don't agree with your neighbor politically or you don't, like, care for their kid or whatever, you still love your neighbor. Like, people are just, like, genuinely, like, interested. And because I think that's just, like, part of, like, the Knoxville like community and mentality. It's like, it's really nice that that's, I've known that my whole life. And I, it's really lovely to see that continue like into adulthood that still exists and it's only growing. Like our community is only growing. And especially again, I think the production industry, again, something I didn't know that existed when I was a kid and it did, it was just smaller. And now to see how much it's grown and to actually like educate myself and learn about how it's grown. It's like, and that's just that's just a part of it. I mean, I wonder. Just, it's such a small part of it. like that's so many different parts of Knoxville or like these com- <sighs> community. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder though, is it that thing that you're mentioning, which is this caring about each other, this this community vibe, mixed with this um, uh, legacy industry that's terrible production <laughs> right, yeah. filled with terrible people <laughs> sure. have we brought something to it have we, you know what have we married have, something have with we, a terrible have industry we created like a new I, I, i'm just wondering yeah. like is that why it's working maybe that's why yeah maybe that's you know, why it's thrived here right because we've infused a little we've, yeah, bit we've, of all shucks into a, it a, <laughs> yeah a little bit of y'all yeah you know yes like yeah, no shit. Everyone loves Dolly Parton because she's a good fucking person. Exactly. And like, Half well, my kids' books came from yeah, Dolly Parton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like That's, that idea. I'm gonna think about yeah, that. I That's something too. worth thinking about. Yeah. Because I've always wondered what what is it that that made that has made this place kind of this diamond in the rough production world that for some reason it's just existed and excelled here. And I think that might be it. Because we've it, approached it from a human standpoint. It exists in Atlanta. It exists in Nashville, and it's successful there. But there's a reason why. But it's disproportionately successful it, here. Yeah. There's no reason. And for there's it. no reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, you're onto something. I think so too. I, I just I, really it just came point. to me right I now. I kind of think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> have we like have we missed anything? Have we not mentioned anything? We probably haven't talked about anything worthwhile. I think no, we have. No, no, I think we have. No, this has uh, been really great. So so awesome. I think so. so awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're finally like talking. Me too. The universe has brought us together to I think like so too. figure out this exact point. Yeah. That Knoxville is where it's at. If that's the only thing we take away from it, I think <laughs> yeah. it's a huge win. And we are in it. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. You want to come back sometime? Yeah. You want to come back in like a year or two? Yeah. And then talk about like what's happened? Maybe like three or four. Let's do four. Let's 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 see what happens in like four years. (laughs) Yes, we did it. We got it. We got it. It happened. Maggie, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Again, I hope you didn't regret this. Hope I wasn't too... um, it was a it was an absolute pleasure <laughs> for real and a joy. Yeah. I'm glad to I'm glad to meet you. I'm so glad to meet you too. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Well, well, well. That was killer. I could have talked to her for three more hours. I did. 
almost. She hung out for a little bit. We we talked some more. I hope she comes back sometime so we can do it again. Thank you guys for being here. Take care of each other. Follow us on Instagram. Check out the Patreon. Don't forget that. The YouTube channel is awesome too. Love you guys. Take care. Be good. Pitchwire. Play a man out.